Welcome to the Challenger Podcast. I'm Colleen Madden Blumenfeld. Today we're very happy to welcome customer Brian Ash to the podcast. Our EVP International Rick Cobb will be interviewing him. They talk a lot about employee retention and engagement. And Brian also talks about why he loves Challenger and our global partnership career star group. So enjoy. Uh, would you let's start out with uh, maybe a little bit like kind of the elevator uh, overview of sort of how how you started working with Challenger, Met Heather, that kind of thing. But before that, maybe even step back further. Let's let's go through the whole thing. Maybe yeah, like how, yeah. how about how you met Carlos and <laughs> and the arc of the the arc of the story. Yeah. So I I I, I think I've explained to others before. I, I in especially in the in the position that I'm in, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm head of talent management for a global firm, mm-hmm. and so. I'm going to try to bring as many internal resources to bear to any situation that we have. But when we do go external, it's my reputation on the line when I bring somebody in. So, mm-hmm. you know, I go through a vetting process and I need to make sure that I feel confident and comfortable with the people that I bring in. Um, I do believe you, know, you can judge a person by the, the company that they keep. Right. So right. Uh, anytime I'm considering a different vendor or outside provider, I like to see what kind of work they do, who's doing the work, how long they've been doing it, what are their skills and training, who are they doing it for, who are their clients, and do I know any of the people? Can Do I know anyone that I trust that can vouch for them? You mm-hmm. know, just because you've got a PowerPoint that shows <laughs> that you've got a bunch of client logos on your on your PowerPoint, right. that, that doesn't impress me. You know, it's, it's like you could have done something for them once, and that exactly. means you could put it on your PowerPoint. So I want to know who you've been doing something with nine or 10 times, right. uh, people that you've been asked back to do work with. So it goes back for me. I, I've been in this space. I've been on the other side of this conversation before where I was a consultant. I was an executive coach and an HR consultant, leadership consultant for for many years. And, and I knew Carlos Davidovich, who's now with Optimum Talent, which is right. one of your partners, right. your partner yeah. in Canada. Yeah. And uh, he and I have literally traveled the world together. We've co-presented at Cambridge. We've, we've um, uh been to a number of different conferences as I used to play in that same sandbox as an executive sure. coach. And and I dabble in neuroscience. That man knows a lot more about it than I do. Um, but I, I've always had a great amount of respect for him. So anytime I've gone to a conference where I've seen him perform, I'd come home and I'd talk to my wife about how how good or bad the conference was. And, and without a doubt, anytime that Carlos was at one of these conferences, it was a great conference. Sure. Um, yeah. Just his session at that conference would would have made the trip worthwhile. Yeah. And so I think she got probably tired of hearing me talk about Carlos. And um, when I was transitioning myself from out of one role as a, as a consultant and wanting to go internal, mm-hmm. uh, Carlos was was coaching me. And and through Skype, when he was either in Spain or in Prague or in Toronto. Uh, he would be uh, doing Skype calls with me. So my wife would see him and see his face and, and kind of know who he is, but yeah. not really, never get to meet him. But my relationship with him goes back about eight years. And um, so I always thought, you know, this guy is good. You know, that that was the first thought that I that came to my mind whenever I saw him. Yeah. Like, this guy is good. He knows what he's doing. He's the real deal. And then every time I go back and I'd see him do another conference, or even when I worked with him, I thought, mm-hmm. this guy's really good. And then I found out that Optimum Talent in right. Canada hired him away from a different firm that he was with at the time. He was yeah. with a Spanish-based uh, uh, firm. I think they were based in Madrid, yeah. the firm that he was with. 
and they hired him away. And I thought, okay, optimum talent. These guys are good because I, I wish I had thought of it. I wish that, that my firm at the time had thought of it and we should have done it. Sure. And, you know, when you see some of those moves that get made, you just kind of smack yourself in the head and go, why didn't I think of that? It was right there in front of me. And, and he is that good. Uh, so right away, my, my impression of Optimum Talent was these guys are good. And I, I got to know Optimum Talent fairly well, and I, I know a number of the people there. Met Ron, right? Yeah, Ron I know Dons. Ron and, yeah. and uh, a couple of the principals there, and, and I've, I've been to conferences that they've hosted. And, sure. And um, I've always been impressed by them. And yeah. had I not gone internal, um, had I stayed in the external role as a consultant, I, I was seriously considering calling Ron and saying, hey, Right. Maybe maybe I should be doing stuff with you because yeah. um, I I think the world of, of Ron and his organization they, they really are good, and when they brought Carlos in I thought well these guys are a step ahead of of others, yeah. um, so that was my impression of Optimum, and then you fast forward I I, I had uh, a role at UBS for a couple of years and now I'm here at Fragment Worldwide. And my boss, our CHRO, says, um, now that you're here, you're not here to do executive coaching, but I want you to be in charge of executive coaching at the firm as, as head of talent management. That's in your purview. That's part of your scope. So uh, if we do need to do any executive coaching or we do any kind of these leadership development things, it's my role to, to vet and it's on your watch. external yeah. providers. Yeah. And uh, my boss knows Heather at, uh, at Challenger fairly yeah. well. And so... My boss just said, you know, talk to Heather, go vet them, do whatever you do and, and ask whatever questions you want to ask. Make sure they're the right provider for us. And if they are, then great, let's use them. So my initial conversation with Heather was just, you know, the standard kind of get to sure. know you, tell me about yourself sort of thing. But I had high hopes on anyway, because I, my boss, Leslie, would, wouldn't have given wouldn't me point that. you that way if she didn't think if, it was if worthwhile. If she didn't think it was worth it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um I, I expected good things, and and so when I was talking to Heather in that initial conversation, uh, the name Optimum Talent came up, and I said, "Wait a minute, hang on, back up." And yeah. you know, so what's your relationship? And then she explained that Challenge is part of this bigger organization, this right. umbrella organization, is this career star, and um, the your partner in Canada is Optimum Talent. And I said, okay, I'm done. I got, I got enough. I got all I need to know. You know, it's, it, these guys are good. And we're personal friends with Santa Claus. Yeah. We're, in, we're in now. Right? <laughs> exactly. All that other stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it goes back to that, you know, in my role, when I'm vetting an external provider, mm -hmm. I want to know that I can trust these people. Yeah. Trust them with my employees. Trust them with my firm. Trust them with my reputation. You name it, the list goes on. But it comes down to trust. And I want to know straight out of the gate that I'm bringing in the right provider. And I do believe that you can judge a person by the company that they keep. So sure. for me, as soon as I heard Optimum Talent come up in the conversation, immediately I start thinking about my buddy Carlos and Ron and, and all the other people I know there. So I think, okay, if Optimum Talent is doing work with this firm, then so should I. That's great. It's a great story. And, you know, it's I think it's so true. I obviously I was challenged for 20 years. And I think the 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 out of the tipping point, the Maven connector for HR probably has more power than than anything else. No one right. in HR wants to be sold anything. Um, and so that having that that person who you go, who would you go to? I can remember sitting in a chief HR officer group several years ago and someone said, well, who do you use for uh, uh, for engagement? 
and somebody's name came up and three other people said, yeah, I use them too. And I was sitting there while everybody was writing it down. I said, that company just probably made about three or $4 million and there's no salesperson in the room. Exactly. Right? So it's HR people saying, who do you use? How do you benchmark? What are you, what are you using? I think that's because it's too complicated otherwise. So you yeah. know, the relationships and plus with what you do for a living, right? That's that you're kind of walking your talk because you're looking yeah. at how people work and how they function and who they, who they spend time with. It's a good indicator, as you said. Yeah. 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 And I've been on the other side of the conversation. Yeah. And I know, I know the frustration of trying to get a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. From a, you know, new business development standpoint, Yeah. the cold calling and, and, you know, trying to make connections with people is a real challenge. And I know that firsthand now, I mean, in my role, I get, I get an email that today I got an email from, I couldn't tell you who the person is or how mm-hmm. they got my information, but at least twice a week, I'm getting an email from yeah. some provider of something related to my field mm-hmm. asking for a meeting, asking for a conversation, asking for a phone call. And so 90% of the time, I just don't respond. I can't, I cannot respond to all of these emails. Like, because you can't, you, you have to say no more than once, I, right? If they're I, any absolutely. good, they're going to continue to press pester absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't like that. I don't, I don't like saying no. I don't like ignoring, but I, I honestly don't have the time. There's so many providers out there. Yeah. And, and I know what that's like. And I, I, I know what it's like to be on the other end. So it's, 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 it is connections. It's all about connections. It's sure. all about, you know, establishing trust and, and who do you know and who have you done work with. I even, you know, selfishly for me, when I came here in this role, I established my own network of, you know, like-minded, you know, uh, professionals in similar roles, senior mm-hmm. HR, leadership, talent type roles in the tri-state area in Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey, because yeah. I wanted for my own selfish reasons. And I was honest with all of them as sure. I approached them and said, look, I'm doing this for all of us, but selfishly I'm, I'm doing it because I want the network as well. I want a support system. Yeah. I want to be able to pick up the phone and ask questions and talk to people who know what they're talking about. So now we've got about 14 people in our networking group that we rely on each other for advice on different things. We have our own non-disclosure agreement and everything else, but yeah. getting people to sign up for this networking group was incredibly easy because yeah. we all want the same thing. We want honest opinions from people that we trust. Yeah. And do we talk about external providers? Not often, but sometimes, um, but you know, that we all rely on each other for, you know, that, that kind of trust in what we do and how we do it. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing you bring up. So I, I run a, a North by Northwest in, in uh, Lake County, which is north of, of Chicago up in the near Lake Forest and all that. And, and it started years ago when I was in the Rosemont area near the airport and I would have a conversation with one of your peers and I'd say, so do you go to Hermac? I don't go there. Well, why don't you go? Well, because it's full of people like you trying to sell me stuff. <laughs> Uh, or alternately, it's a bunch of my peers, subordinates who've gone for the breakout session on the specific benefits yeah. program. And I don't, that's not my thing. I want to be talking to my, my network of peers and they aren't there at those meetings. Uh, but that I really want that. And so what I finally did, and this is actually before cell phones, that's how long ago it was. Uh, I just sent a letter to everyone and said, okay, uh, you're all in Rosemont. The whole city of Rosemont is very condensed and it's five minutes from your office to the Westin. I've got us a breakfast room in two months. 
show up or stop squawking, you know, and they yeah. showed up and they first, the, you know, you got all the chief HR officers, VP level and they're, they walk in the room and they kind of look around, they don't know anybody and there's me and everybody else is up here, but they don't know them. And you kind of go, they look around sort of suspiciously looking at each other and then they start to, so let's talk a little bit about who we are. And then somebody asks a question, somebody else asks a question. And then at some point someone says, I hate my CFO. And everybody goes, you me too. And then they have a great, they have this great collaboration. And, and what I realized and what we, what, what I think I've encouraged Heather to do and what you're already doing is, is to make it about the people, not the topic. Because everyone will triage the topic. They'll go, oh, I already know about engagement uh, or I have somebody who does engagement or I know a lot of, about engagement that I don't want to share because it's my secret weapon. Um, and then they'll triage the meeting. But if it's about the people that you go sit with and talk, and then you build these relationships once the kimono opens up a little bit, you know, everybody starts talking. Yeah, I mean, we all so the the hesitancy of that senior HR leader that walks into the room and kind of looking around. They're looking for that connection. They're looking. Right. Do I trust this? Do I trust the content? Do I trust the people? It, it's it. It comes down most of the time to trust. And yeah. I love events like that because if if I know who's running the event, mm-hmm. um, so if I get a call from Heather, I get a call from Challenger, say we're running an event, I I will try to make time to go. I like going to events. Mm-hmm. I'm an extrovert. I, yeah. I eat this stuff up. I'm a geek for talent management and leadership yeah. development stuff. I love to go to conferences. Well, I should say I used to love <laughs> going to When you had time, yeah. No, it, I'll make the time for a conference. Uh-huh. I, I believe I, I should not be a hypocrite. I can't be a hypocrite. I can't go on talking about the development of our leaders and everything else, and I don't get my own development. Uh, oftentimes here at Fragment, I'll talk about HR and the people on my team and everybody else across HR in our organization about, you know, not being the, the cobbler's children who go without shoes. Right. You know, it's, it's, we need to be focusing on our own development and, and lead by example. I can't preach development if I don't ever get developed myself. Sure. I'd love to go to a conference. I used to go to the conference board events all the time in New York. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, if there was an executive coaching every year, there was an executive coaching uh, conference. I'm sure there still is. And the last time I went, I said, I can't do this again because now I'm in this senior HR role. And when I go to an event, I I can't turn around without some vendor giving me a business card and asking me for a meeting. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I, I do want to know what's in the market. I do want to know right. what the vendors are out there. I want to know what the newest, greatest thing is, but can I just have a minute without being interrupted? And, and, you know, I try to connect with people on a real level and I can't do that when I've got business cards being handed to you me. You suddenly walked into the flea market in Cancun, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's what it feels like. And, yeah. I, and I do feel for that. I mean, I know that there are right. market, you know, that's the marketplace and that's, it's a target rich environment for vendors. I get it, yeah. but some of it's just overwhelming. And in fact, my networking group, became the networking group that it is because of that conference because i i was asked to be a guest speaker and i spoke and i think i'm okay i think i'm good but people were reacting like i was the beatles or something and (laughs) and and it was just a little bit too much and then i go some guy approaches me and he gives me his business card he tells me for he's from whatever university and he'd mm-hmm. love to be able to connect with me and pick my brain about blah 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 he was really interested in the topic yeah. like, okay that sounds cool and then i go to the next session now i'm done i'm, I'm done being the 
presenter. Now I'm going to be the learner. You're going to get go, something right. I'm yeah. going to go to these other sessions and I'm going to enjoy learning from these other sessions. So the next session starts. He's the presenter uh-huh. at the next session. And he waxes poetic for like five minutes to the point where it became really kind of weird. Yeah. He was waxing poetic about how brilliant the previous presenter was. And he was basically kissing my butt uh, <laughs> while he was up on stage presenting. And there's a woman next to me that leans in and just makes a comment in my, I've never met her before in my life. And, and she leans in and she makes a comment about, yeah. I didn't know I was sitting next to the second coming. And I yeah, said, right. oh, well, you have to know. I'm closer my child. <laughs> I'm very important. And we just kind of laughed. And I appreciated her for bringing me back to reality because I'm sitting there and like, what kind of alternate universe am I in right, right now? Right. This is really weird. And we shared a laugh. And then it turns out she's the, the CHRO. Uh, she was in a talent management leadership development role and then became CHRO shortly thereafter of a, of a company based in New Jersey. She's now part of my networking group. I reached out to her. I said, you remember that event that we were at? Yeah. And out of all the business cards that were handed to me, sure. she's the only one that I kept. Yeah. Yeah. And I reached out to her and I said, you get where I'm coming from. Yeah. And we shared a laugh for a reason because we both thought it was kind of ridiculous. And so we now rely on each other. We count on each other for advice and guidance. And, and she's now part of my networking group. And that's, that's the kind of stuff that I rely on. So, so let me, you know, and I, I think I understand what you're saying. But so I, in the group that we sit in in Lake County, we, you know, we'll go from the ridiculous to the sublime. We'll go from, you know, this hospital's merging and what are we going to do about health care? How do we get millennials to come out of the, of the city and come into the suburbs? Uh, to like H1N1, you know, visa, you know, Mac, all, every, anything you can possibly imagine we've talked about. Um, but what I like is the sharing, the, the sharing back and forth. But I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, because I don't sit in front of people from the learning and, and, and talent uh, area as much as I do like the, the, right. the, 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 the chief HR officer, you know, the CEO of the HR function. And I'm, I'm curious, what's the, are there, is there a hot topic right now? Is there a specific, specific area where you think, I mean, I think neuroscience certainly is, is, is a very popular topic right now. Yeah. yeah. Neuro leadership, yeah. uh, neuro management. Carlos talks about neuro management. Right. Uh, another popular uh, these days is the neuro leadership Institute with mm-hmm. David Rock, uh, very successful um, with his scarf model and the, the right. stuff that he brings to the table. I think, I think that is successful because it's, it's got some science that underpins the learning. Mm-hmm. And so for the skeptics out there, it's not touchy feely. There's real science behind it. Mm-hmm. And so people can come to a session and learn about management, learn about leadership with science underpinning it. So it doesn't feel like fluff. And I think that's the problem. There's too much fluff out there. Is there a, a pattern or a desire? Yes. Um, Right now, regardless of what industry you're in, you know, we're in immigration, but we could be in pharmaceuticals. The, the bold-faced term is retention. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody keeps pointing towards the millennials, but it's, it's, it's bigger, than, it's, that. It's bigger yeah. than that. It's yeah. not just a millennial issue. It's the millennials didn't cause this issue, right. but the issue is retention. And, and regardless of what industry you're in or what company you're in, there is a retention issue. We have that issue at Fragment, just like all the other companies out there have. So how do we retain our top talent? 
And it ebbs and flows based on the, the market and the, the global economy, of course. Mm -hmm. But if we can make a dent, if we can do something, we're never going to fix it entirely. But if we can do something better with our retention numbers, then we need to do that. And of course, every company out there mm -hmm. is operating very lean. And I think that's part of the issue. It's not the entire issue, but it's part of the issue. Because right. we run so lean, especially in the United States, we run extremely lean. And when we do that, we put undue or abnormal pressure on our workforce. Since the man who was up at four in the morning to get here. I, I, I am an example of that today. You don't feel lean. You yeah. feel leaned on. Yeah, exactly. But we create this abnormal pressure in the workplace because yeah. of the, the, you know, the pressure that we put on people based on operating so lean. And that creates an issue. It's not because they're, people are born in a certain generation. No, yeah, it's absolutely. We are putting a lot of pressure on our people. And the grass might be greener on the other side. Now, yeah. maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I, I feel very good and very proud when I find somebody who leaves the organization and comes back fragment and, yeah. and says, well, yeah. <laughs> the grass is uh, not really all that green yeah. over there. I'd rather be here. It's, like, yeah, it's, okay. it's some kind yeah. of bacteria and I got infected exactly. when I was out there. Yeah. Um, but that pressure is an issue. And yeah. at the same time, a common solution tends to be focused development on our people. It's we cannot just throw money at the problem. There's a reason why we're operating lean to begin with. Mm -hmm. Because we don't want to be spending the money or we sure. don't have the capital to spend the money on employees. Right. So businesses find another way. They try to use contractors or part-time or they do whatever they can. They come up with whatever combination they can to save money. That's why we operate lean. Yeah. So throwing money at the problem is not going to happen. You're not going to say, well, let me just give everybody a bonus. If you had the money to begin with, you would have spent it on more employees. So when you don't have money as the solution, what do you do? You've got to show focused attention, development, training. And that's why, I mean, I do study the neuroscience and I, and I love that stuff. And I look at one of the things I often talk about in, in development here, when we are operating so lean, our people are, are pretty intelligent and they want more. They crave more. It's not that they're trying to get promoted or trying to angle for a promotion or angle for a bonus. Sure. They're human. So if the brain processes 400 words per minute, and I'm only speaking at 175, that means all of your listeners, even you right now, you're already finishing my thought for me. Yeah. You're already thinking about how much time do we have left in this podcast? No, I was thinking about Maslow and the yeah. self-actualization, right? There you go. Like, yeah, kind of because that's your brain processing at the speed that it wants to process. Yeah. And I'm not giving you enough. Yeah. You know, you and I grew up in a time where at the end of the day, at maybe 12 o'clock at night or mm -hmm. one in the morning, the television stopped. Yeah. It went to white snow. Television stopped. National anthem, test pattern. Absolutely. Yeah, got it. it stopped. Yeah. And then at about five in the morning, it would turn on again. Yeah. Nobody outside of our generation, you know, younger generations don't understand that. Yeah. We grew up at a time where we had one news anchor, typically a white gray hair male. And then eventually it became the white gray hair male and a female. And now what is it? It's five or six talking heads. We put together the most diverse panel we possibly can. We get as many people as we possibly can. We get a panel. There's a scroll across the bottom. There's a ticker. There's a the mm -hmm. There's all kinds of stuff going on the screen because it's short attention span theater. That's what we have. And that's what our typical employees want. 
They want all of the information right now. And so how do we respond to it? How do we retain people? We're trying to give as much development opportunities as we can. And the more that we can focus on them and teach them things, even if it's nothing that's going to directly impact their day-to-day today, just showing that we're developing them for the future, that's enough. That's enough to get people to want to stay. Simply what you're talking about is like, I'm spending time with you. I'm letting you know that I care about you. I'm helping you develop in some ways that you wouldn't be able to do on your own. The firm, the more they connect to the mission, the values, the more they connect to fellow employees, the more likely they're going to stay. Yeah. Right. So we have an issue at Fragment, just like a, a number of multinationals, I'm sure, do as well. We have people who join the firm with an expectation. I'm joining Fragment worldwide. So I expect to have connections worldwide. Now, if we allow a new hire in Shanghai or a new hire in Singapore or Sydney Mm -hmm. to join the firm and they only know the four walls within where they work and they don't have exposure to the rest of the firm, they're going to leave. It's Mm -hmm. as simple as that because humans want connection. And if you join a global firm, there's something about that. There's something that brought you here. There's a there's something about it that, that enticed you. Yeah. And a lot of the time, it's I want to experience the world. So we can offer that to our employees. How do you do that? Well, there's a variety of ways, but but cross training across teams. We have we have team client teams, for mm-hmm. example. You know, pick one of our major clients, and chances are we have caseworkers working that client in. 12 or 13 different offices around the globe. Right now we have 43 offices in 23 countries and that list is growing. So they're going to have connections to other caseworkers around the globe naturally based on the team that they're on. But then also we have other programs that we do here. We have um, different ways of you know software, things that we do, different programs that connect people at random. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Every two weeks yeah. they get connected. There's a program called Free for Coffee and, and every two weeks they get pinged an email that says, that's based on an algorithm that's designed to choose somebody specifically outside your country. Interesting. And so all of our employees are on the system. And that's a Skype, every, a Skype call. Uh, well, it, it leaves it up to you. It just basically makes the connection. It says, you know, um, Rick is based in Chicago and he likes outdoors. Mm-hmm. Brian is based in New York and his title is X and he likes to cook. Uh, you guys have been matched up. Do you, you know, can you make time for a for a thirty minute conversation at some point this week? Hmm. That's interesting. It seems like that might be that sort of approach might be uh, useful also with the reverse mentorship issue that you run struggle with oh, people. That, yeah, absolutely. And so this this will match us up regardless of your title. We have partners. We have senior partners, managing partners on the system. We have an assistant paralegal who's only been with the firm for two months on the system. And so you get partnered up at random for these conversations. And, you know, each, each, every other week it asks you, do you have time for a conversation? And if you say yes, it'll match you up with somebody. If you say no, it'll leave you alone for two weeks. Do you have, uh, do you have, I know you've got, a, I'm sorry, I know we're making, running a lawyer. I'm going to talk more about this some other time. Yeah. So do you have uh, a way of letting everybody know how it's going? I mean, do you have a newsletter or just conversations or is any, like a, is there a payoff for anybody, an ROI that anybody uh, promotes or is it just? My, my ask mm-hmm. of our HR committee and the powers that be at the firm is to accept that the return on investment is simply connections connections yeah. and that's the value please don't ask for more than that got it yeah. 
And uh, thankfully, you know, we work at a firm that really gets it and, and, and really does believe in that. And, and they value the, the, the human connection. They understand that our people want to connect with other people. And that's enough. And that should be enough. But here it is enough. That's enough of an ROI. I don't think I'm ever going to have to make a presentation with bar charts and all that about <laughs> how much money we're saving and That's all right. that. The, the, the productivity has gone up by X if, percent because of the connection. If you're working out. for a board or executives that are expecting bar charts and dollars saved based on every little thing that you run, it's probably not the environment that I would want to work in. Right. Uh, but this is the environment that we have, so I'm, I'm pretty thankful for it. That's awesome. Listen, thanks so much for your time. You've been very generous. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, uh, you're welcome.